0: This is
2: Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom, with your host, Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield. Dr. Janet explores the meanings of our challenging and ecstatic life experiences, clarifies the meanings of words we use, opens up our minds to more freedom and choice, and offers insights into our everyday lives. Please welcome the host of Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom, Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield.
3: Welcome. I'm your host, Dr. Janet Smith Warfield. My guest today is Aaron Topenberg. You're listening to Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. Well, I am so delighted to have Aaron with us this morning. She's just an amazing woman. Ah, uh, she's a Nam yoga instructor, a heart math trainer, she is the director and co-founder of the Water Bearers. She um, has attended the past four sessions at the UN Commission for the stat- on the Status of Women, serving as a delegate with pathways. To peace, so Aaron. As I get, as I get to know you a little bit, it sounds to me as if you had a very supportive childhood. Am I right or wrong?
4: <laughs> I'm so happy to be with you, Janet. Thank you for having me today. Um, a supportive childhood. I would say I had a pretty typical childhood. Um, in that we, I had a family that was together, I grew up with four brothers, we were constantly on the go doing different things, so I think I had a pretty supportive childhood, and I think perhaps something that was a little bit unique about it um, was that I did not grow up with religion per se. I was seeking at a very young age kind of a deeper meaning, and my parents really fostered that in me, which I think is, to some degree, maybe a little bit different than other people's childhood. And in that way, I would say I was very supported, um, like on a soul level, to be a seeker my entire life.
3: That That is interesting. and. <laughs> do, you, do you experience that lack of being brought up in a religious tradition as a loss or as a benefit?
4: You know, at the time, I was, I was very curious about it because I had lots of friends who would, you know, typically go to church on Sundays. And I remember asking my mother about it um, one time, you know, how come, how come we don't go to church? What is it? And why don't we? And we, we did move around a lot. So I think that was, that was part of it. And she said, you know, we're, we're busy and we, we have other things going on, but I'd like to think that if there was a God and you live your life seven days out of the week trying to do good and be kind and be loving, that that God wouldn't be upset whether you attended church on Sundays or not, that every day <laughs> should be uh, a day for this kind of communion and, and worship and that there were some people that perhaps, you know, didn't make good decisions or weren't as kind as they could be six days out of the week and they went to church on Sunday and somehow thought that was all okay. So I think I just learned that, love with my religion and that that could be practiced every day whether you attended a formal service or not on Sunday
3: so uh, yeah I'm thinking of two things here my my own children did not have any religious structure in their upbringing either I personally did my the father of my children was not interested in going to church and because I would have to do it all by myself and it was an hour away, we didn't do it. But two of my sons at least have said to me that they felt that something was missing in their childhood. So that's why I was interested in, in getting your take on it. Let's 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 talk for a minute about this concept of love. For, and for me, let me just give you a little context here. For me, it's, it can be a very confusing concept because there is agape and there is um, romantic love and there is tough love. So there, it seems to have so many dimensions to that word. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about that.
4: Well, to me, I think it's, it's, it's a feeling, it's an energy, it's a, it's the currency of the heart. Um, and you know it when you feel it truthfully. <laughs> I mean, I try and live my life seeking for, for truth. Um, that is absolute and love. It's undeniable when you, when you feel it and it's not skewed with kind of overcare or tough love. It's just the purest form. It's it's a power and it's an energy and a frequency. And through my studies with, with heart math, um, I really got to kind of dive into the frequencies of it. But it's something that I think everybody truthfully, when they experience it or when they're operating from a place of, of unconditional love, it has a texture and a quality to it that's undeniable. Can you
3: give us any examples of this, this connection, this energy? Can you give any, us any specific stories from your own life? I'm, I'm trying to get a, a more solid feel for what you mean when you talk about love or unconditional love.
4: Well, it's one of these things that's beyond uh, the physical senses. <laughs> so there's lies okay. I think, where it's hard for people to kind of try and wrap their rational minds around and make sense of it, but it really is something that is felt um, in the heart. And so for me, it, it's really been about trying to understand the energetics of the body and understanding the heart, and and knowing when I'm operating from my heart and when I'm operating from my my mind. Because the mind is dualistic, right? Yes. <laughs> There's two sides to it, and that's where everybody has their own perception. But when we're able to drop down into the heart, that's where we find our, our unity and our connection with everybody.
3: And And I'm thinking even... Love and hate are certainly a conceptual duality. I guess I'm I'm trying to get to what transcends the duality or what that connection is for you, maybe in terms of a story or, you know, something more specific.
4: Well, my my practice with trying to operate each day from a more compassionate, loving place, um, my practice has become Nam Yoga. And we can dive more into that, but that is um, how I get my physical body, my mental body, my spiritual body um, more in alignment with the energy of, of love and compassion. And, there's the energy of it, but again, there's there's just that that truth of when you're operating from a place, everybody knows it. I think we get so busy and we, we tend to um, move through life with our with our body of pain as opposed to our body of light. Um, but when you can inject a little bit of consciousness into everything you're doing, you really get to see, am I doing this out of serving me or am I doing this out of serving a greater good? And a greater good is always love. Okay, and we're coming up on a break.
3: <laughs> with, uh, this is Erin Toppenberg and Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. You're listening to Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom. Come back as we explore some of these dualities a little bit more. Thank you.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Dr. Rob Moyer is the
1: director of the Ocean River Institute, and he is passionate about saving the ocean by helping dolphins suffering from nitrogen pollution. Nitrogen is a dangerous pollutant, affecting our oceans, altering ocean ecosystems, and contributing to global warming. The Ocean River Institute provides opportunities to make a difference and encourages people to go the distance for savvy stewardship of a greater and bluer planet Earth. Partnered with organizations from Massachusetts to Florida, Alaska to the Caribbean, the Ocean River Institute's mission is to foster involvement in conservation and environmental monitoring by facilitating grassroots efforts at local and regional levels.
2: Hello, I'm Rob Moyer of the Ocean River Institute. Please visit our website at OceanRiver.org. Sign up for free e-alerts. You may call us at 617-661-6647. Our email address is info at Ocean River. Become informed and then act with us. Thank you.
3: Dr. Janice Smith-Warfield with my guest, Aaron Toppenberg. You're listening to Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Before the break, Aaron, you were talking a little bit about the body of pain versus the body of light. And again, as soon as we use language, we're in Dualism. um can you uh, just from your own perspective based on your own experience and your own reading and your own knowledge can you using words dualistic words can you help us understand the difference between body of pain and body of light maybe we know what a body of pain is
4: yeah, I think everybody probably knows it, but maybe hasn't uh, put it in those those words. But that's basically your your body of pain is your animalistic self, kind of your egoic um, part of you that that just kind of runs on on automatic. And for some people, that can be. Um, you know, always judging, always in their mind judging, or always reacting with, um, you know, anger or sadness or fear. It's kind of a, a program again—the kind of animalistic part of us where we're not using our consciousness when we're either when we're either, you know, thinking, speaking, acting. It's like when you do something when you're when you're mad, you do something, and then later you have a you know a moment of clarity, and you think, "What the heck was I thinking?" You are operating from your body of pain, but when you can inject a little bit of consciousness into it, whether that's with you know a practice of breath work or meditation or a practice of even trying to be so mindful of watching your own words um, for they are creative you know energy and vibration having the practice of watching your own words and seeing how your speech either is is creating more light in the world and connecting with somebody on a higher on a higher place a higher vibration or whether they're Used, you're using your words to tear somebody down or even your thoughts. But when you can operate with injecting a little bit more consciousness, you're operating from your, your body of light. You're creating more light in the world. And I think sometimes a, a very simple practice, and I've been doing this a lot lately with my, with my daughters, is trying to notice your words and even how you're speaking to yourself in that I, I can hear in, in my daughters, oh, I'm not good at drawing or I'm not good at this. I'm terrible at this. And you think, boy, you're, you're just, <laughs> I mean, first of all, that's body of pain. There's no, that's just kind of saying something. But then when you stop and you think, you're, you're telling yourself that all day long. And whether it's mentally or whether it's out loud, you're speaking that, you're constantly just putting yourself down. So a a practice of just every time maybe you say something negative about yourself or somebody else, it's like, whoops, canceled, (laughs) you know, stop, hold on, let me see, how can I even just raise the vibration of the words that I'm saying? Maybe I'm not as great as drawing as I as I'd like to be but there's something positive you you can you can say I'm working towards it for we're all just walking around as work in progress right (laughs) we're all aspiring to be masterpieces um, but we're all walking around works in progress
3: and it's interesting that you bring that up because I had a previous discussion. I can't remember who it was with right now. But the, a distinction between perfection and excellence, which is really valuable to me because I can strive for excellence, but I'm mm-hmm. never really going to reach total perfection because I can't know everything. I can't do everything. Um, so it it seems to me there's a really again it's shifting your words so that you're focusing your energy on things that you can do and the progress you have made and the next step that you can take.
4: Yeah, words are powerful. I mean words are again they're they're kind of the how we create is with using the the prana and and the the syllables that come out. You can you can build somebody up. You can create bridges with your words. You can you know between a, a relationship with somebody, and you can tear somebody down. And Nam Yoga for me has been probably one of the single most powerful um, practices in getting to understand it. Or Nam means the word that in the beginning there was, you know, was the word, and it's that creative vibration and understanding how powerful your words are, and how you create with them. And again, it's it's out in the world, but it's also how you create within what you're saying to yourself.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Are are you familiar with Alfred Korzybski's? Uh, famous saying, the map is not the territory? No, tell me. Uh, well, our words are maps of our experiences so that we're all creating mm. these different maps which try to help us understand what the heck is going on in our life.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what is this uh, thing called life?
3: <laughs> And I see we're getting to the end of our segment. So let's talk about this a little more as we move on to the next segment. My guest is Aaron Toppenberg. I'm Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield. You're listening to, again, really important: Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio.
1: Renaissance woman, trailblazer, maverick. Those are just some of the words to describe to Chandra Poulard, owner and CEO of House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC, a woman minority veteran-owned entertainment company based in Washington, D.C. Ms. Poulard served 10 years honorably in the United States Navy and departed from active duty to pursue her dreams of becoming an entertainment mogul. House of Virgo Entertainment offers script writing, producing, directing, DJ services, editing, and more. They cater to businesses, corporations, college students, working professionals, aspiring artists and nonprofit organizations, and employ veterans of the armed forces. Tashandra Poulard is pioneering the way we view media and taking her brand global. Visit her at www.houseofvirgoentertainment.com or call 281-515-3740 and like her on Facebook at House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC.
2: Certified professional coach Pamela Reeves can help you with your relationships. Motivational and image coaching are just some of the ways she can help you enhance all aspects of your life. Her book, Is It Love or Merely a Sick Attachment, helps readers clearly distinguish healthy, loving relationships from toxic ones. Ms. Reeves has put her words into action through Ray of Hope Kenya, an international initiative that provides outreach to victims of abusive relationships there with the goal of helping them rebuild their lives and the tools to avoid abuse. Ms. Reeves operates very business interest through her Umbrella Network, Nella LLC, and credits her success to her diverse work experience. Whatever your goals, whether striking a balance, reinventing your image, or simply lifting your lifestyle, Pamela Reeves will help you achieve them. Your life, your call. Dial 410-902-5715 or email Pamela at pamrego1 at verizon.net. She's also on the web at pamreeves.com and on Twitter at Pamela underscore Reeves.
3: We are back to Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom with my guest, Erin Toppenberg. I'm Dr. Janet Smith Warfield. You're listening to BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. So uh, Aaron Erin was trying trying start starting to talk about um, some of her own personal practices to it sounds to me as, as if it, these are practices to shift your own energy
4: field am I correct yes yes and I think it's important um, to have a practice whatever that is for somebody but I think it's it's important to have um, a discipline of how you're connecting with something beyond yourself or how, maybe said a different way, how you're getting in alignment, um, so that you can perhaps receive um, from the universe, or it is a friendly universe, you know, all of the blessings, and prepare your 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 vehicle. So, for me, I start each morning with a practice of uh, non-meditation, and it is it is a, a chanting. Um, of mantra and mantras are simply you know like a a phone number like a code that you're dialing up into the universe so there's specific mantras that are for healing or some are for protection some are for creativity some are um, alignment with you know a higher consciousness but I start each morning with a practice of at least 11 minutes of, a sound vibration um, meditation. and are are you familiar with with chanting meditations?
3: I am familiar with mantras, and in mm-hmm. fact, have have used them as part of my own practice. and and when I used them, I, I used one for abundance, which came out of, I believe, out of the Hindu tradition. And as I used it, I was just real. I was kind of playing with it, but it was an amazing story. Where as I used this mantra, and I watched what happened in my life, abundance kept showing up, from <laughs> from finding a penny on the ground, to a taxi driver taking, and this was when I was in Panama, taking me from. David to Boquete without charging me an arm and a leg because I I was an American, obviously an American. He charged me what he would charge Panamanians. So it, it was it was just an amazing experience. I think too, when you have a practice, you're also setting an intention for your life, or maybe it's just for your life on a particular day or in a at a particular time in your life. So so all this stuff is connected.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean that is my kind of non-negotiable thing is to be able to start each day and it is it's it's an intention I think of sitting down and for me saying, you know, I, I want to be a vehicle. I want um, things to come to me so that they can come through me and I can make a difference in the world. And, you know, some days are, are better than others. Some days are easier than others, but I, I try to not miss any, any morning to sit down, start the day in, in mantra meditation and to set the intention of of trying to just even like be better, a little bit better each and every day. It's not about perfection, but it's about setting my intention, trying to get my energetic body in alignment so that my thoughts can be of the highest vibration, um, my speech can be of the highest vibration. And the the chanting of, of mantra is is a practice that goes back a long way and as you were you know, saying, you practiced one about abundance, they're very powerful because your mouth, in fact, has you know, all these pressure points. And depending on whether you're chanting Rama or Sat Nam, Ramadasa, Sase Sohan, you're, you're literally hitting pressure points on the roof of your mouth that correlate with parts of your brain and higher functioning of the brain so you can think of it as like this woo-woo mystical energy thing as it is but it's also very practical in terms of just creating harmony within your body and having the right you know glands firing just keeping your whole immune system going and again kind of tapping into higher thought patterns because as you're chanting it's it's pinging your pineal gland and pituitary gland. and all of these things have been have been researched. so there's there's science to it, <laughs> um, as well as just the the feeling and the universe kind of showing back to you, whether it's abundance or healing, whatever it may be, the universe showing back to you how in alignment you are with your intention.
3: I think it, I think it also. Well, it helps you focus on what you want to bring into your life as opposed to what you don't want in your life. I mean, you were talking about words before and your daughter saying, oh, well, I'm no good at art. That's what you're going to bring into your life if that's what you're saying to yourself. And that's a very analytical, critical way of thinking about yourself. I know one of the practices that I personally abused a lot is vision boards, which is just mm-hmm. getting a big, big piece of paper and a pile of old magazines and sitting down and cutting out anything I see in those magazines with which I feel resonant or which attracts me. Cutting them out getting a whole pile of them, then arranging them however I want to arrange them on the poster board, pasting them down and putting them up on a wall where I can see them every single day. And I can tell you, it's amazing. I mean, it works. It's another practice that works very much like a mantra. I have manifest, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven vision boards that I've done at vision, various points in my life. And I can tell you, I have manifested every single thing on those vision boards, including going to Machu Picchu, which is, that one took me a few years, but I finally got there. So I, I don't <laughs> know whether you've ever worked with vision boards or not. I know, I'm sure you. I know you have other practices.
4: Yes, vision boards are vision boards are fun, and it, that's actually a fun one to do. I think with with kids or adults, but um, it is very powerful, and I think it comes back to for a lot of people, they don't even know what they want to create. Or they they are so busy, again, operating maybe some body of pain of got to get up, got to go to work, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, that they don't even take the time for themselves to really sit and think, what do I want, you know, to experience or to create or to give or to let come through me? Most people, they have a hard time answering that. So if you can answer that question and then take steps, whether it's cutting out you know, magazines and, and placing these pictures of things that you want on a vision board, it, it's powerful. And I'm thinking that this body of light is
3: really, needs to be maintained. And you maintain it through practices. And I, I see we're coming to the end of our, our segment here. I'm Dr. Janice Smith-Warfield with Aaron Toppenberg. You're listening to Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Join us when we return for more fascinating discussions to boost your energy field and put you in a body of light
2: certified professional coach Pamela Reeves can help you with your relationships. Motivational and image coaching are just some of the ways she can help you enhance all aspects of your life. Her book, Is It Love or Merely a Sick Attachment, helps readers clearly distinguish healthy, loving relationships from toxic ones. Ms. Reeves has put her words into action through Ray of Hope Kenya, an international initiative that provides outreach to victims of abusive relationships there with the goal of helping them rebuild their lives and the tools to avoid abuse. Ms. Reeves operates very business interests through her umbrella network, Nella LLC, and credits her success to her diverse work experience. Whatever your goals, whether striking a balance, reinventing your image, or simply lifting your lifestyle, Pamela Reeves will help you achieve them. Your life, your call. Dial 410-902-5715 or email Pamela at pamrego1 at verizon.net. She's also on the web at pamreeves.com and on Twitter at Pamela underscore Reeves.
5: America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact the symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess, ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com.
3: You are listening to Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom. I'm Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield with my guest, Aaron Toppenberg. You are listening to us on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. So, Aaron, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you want, am I hearing myself or am I hearing you? Let, uh, let's go back. Um, Yeah, we were talking before the break about various practices, but I'm also thinking that um, we are conditioned so early to think certain ways. We are taught from the day we were born, this is mommy, this is daddy, this is a tree, that's the sky, And maybe we're conditioned to feel that there's something wrong with us. And that's one of the things that words can do when adults around us scold us or tell us we've done something wrong. I think it it puts us in a body of pain and it contracts our energy. And the challenge, of course, is to shift that, to learn to shift that conditioned body of pain into a, a body of light or energy or love. So, um, and, and another thing you were bringing up before was certain, there are certain questions, and this again goes to the languaging of what we do. It seems to me it's very important to learn to ask the right questions before we can get the answers we need. So if you ask what's wrong with me, you're going to find out what's wrong with you. If you ask, (laughs) what am I doing well? What have I done well today? How have other people been kind to me? How have I been kind to other people? You're going to get totally different answers, and you're also going to be focusing differently and it's going to support your energy field. Do you have any comments about any of that, either the conditioning or asking the right questions?
4: Yeah, I think asking the right questions is is good because it comes from a place of of a positive mental kind of attitude and and understanding that there's always two sides. Again, the mind is, is dualistic. But trying to inject um, um, light, and when I'm saying light, I'm really meaning consciousness and awareness and becoming, you know, aware of your thoughts or aware of your speech. And if you're asking negative questions, you're going to get a negative answer, but really trying to look for the positive and you'll see it. If you, you know, treat the universe like a friend and you have faith and and you trust, just the same as with a friend, you know, your best friend. If you think the worst, then somebody's going to show you the worst of them. If you think the best of them, you know, they rise to the occasion, and usually you get to see the best in somebody. So I think it's in the questions we're, we're asking, but but I also wanted to just go back to something you you said about the conditioning of everybody. Um and I would agree with that, and I would say that, that learning how to to listen to our own hearts um, has become, you know, everything that I've been doing, seeking, whether it's through understanding of heart mass and the research that corresponds to the heart, or Nam Yoga, which is about getting the energy going and, and opening the heart chakra. It's about trying to shift people back into their hearts and listening there because that's where you get the softer, gentler, you know, attitude and, and questions and prompts and positive things as opposed to the negative and the conditioning from, from the egoic mind. And um, I can share with you a really powerful story of, of my daughter. And I would love to hear a- that. Okay, <laughs> so I, I've been preaching to them about listening to your own heart and trusting your heart and, you know, leaning on it like it's your best friend. That's your voice of, of intuition and of, again, kind of ki- kindness and softness and knowing what's best for you and knowing kind of the right thing. So I've been preaching this to them. Um, I have two daughters they're now ages 13 and 10, but when my younger one was eight, she came to me and said, I don't think I should be in school. And (laughs) my my heart's telling me that I shouldn't be in school. And I'll tell you, Janet, that was one of those times where it was like, okay, you've been preaching this. And she's been listening (laughs) and now is, is your real like gut check time. Like, okay, are you going to honor her and her voice? And, or are you going to go to, you know, kind of the conditioning of, wait, you're in, you know, third grade. You go from second grade to third grade, third grade to fourth grade. Like this is the path that you go on because that's what society and everyone tells you but i I had to honor her. I had to honor her spirit and honor the voice in her heart. And I made the decision to allow her to stop going to school. And what's unfolded in the last two, two years has been so magical and so rewarding because it's authentic to who she is. the, the La learn, I
3: learned th- I think. I'm, I'm sorry. I think we have to finish this in the next segment. Uh, we're at a break time. I'm Dr. Janice Smith-Warfield, with, I'm, and I'm sorry I had to cut you off. I want to, want to finish the story. I'm Dr. Janice Smith-Warfield with Aaron Toppenberg. You're listening to Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on BBM Global Network and In Radio.
1: For over 50 years, Evelyn Stupula has been a loving advocate for people with disabilities throughout the state of Pennsylvania. President and founder of Big Heart Bridges, her organization actively campaigns for legislation and support of civil liberties that meet the needs of disabled individuals with housing, transportation, and employment. Ms. Stupula has joined forces with a variety of esteemed organizations that advocate for the disabled. She serves on the board of the United Cerebral Palsy of Pittsburgh and the Governor's Cabinet and Advisory Committee for people with disabilities, and she is a consultant for the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women. Her many efforts have led to the implementation of a transportation program for the disabled with the Access Paratransit System of Allegheny County. Evelyn Stipoulis drives daily to serve the interests of the disabled, to protect their freedoms and enable them to live normal public lifestyles. To learn more, please call 412-491-2605 or email Evelyn at ers92645 at verizon.net.
2: Short sale guru way.
3: You are listening to Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom. I'm Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield with Aaron Toppenberg, my guest. You're we're listening to us on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. So, Aaron, we, we kind of were rushing there at the end, and you were telling us about honoring your daughter's wish coming from her own heart to stop going to school how did you deal with all the societal structures around this i mean wasn't there concern about um taking your daughter out of school what are the authorities going to do to her what are they going to do to you or did you decide to (laughs) homeschool her how did that work out for you
4: it's been a journey, Janet, but one of uh, the most enlightening, I would say, is the decision to honor her when she said she no longer wanted to go to school. And if I if I back up a little bit, um, I have, through my work with Water Bears, which is a, a nonprofit organization where we try to inspire women who have access to clean water to get it to those that don't and I take trips frequently um, into the Amazon and other places and deliver these clean water systems. So my daughter had been with me on a trip, and when she got back to school, she was getting a lot of runaround, (laughs) even in third grade, of you missed your math assessments and you can't go for recess because you have to do this assignment and this assignment. And she just thought... Wait, they don't get it. Like I was just, you know, I had this amazing learning experience and delivered clean water systems to people in need and I'm being penalized for not doing my math. Um, So there was such truth when she came home and said, I can't, you know, I don't want to go to school. I can't do this anymore. I want to travel and learn about why people don't have access to clean water i i it was so powerfully spoken from her that any of the outside kind of you know um fear based thoughts about well she's gonna if she's not in school she's gonna end up a degenerate <laughs> she's gonna be you know um, basically you know she's not gonna amount to anything. And I got that from, you know, people on the outside and even my own parents were like, what, what are you going to do? She, she's not going to go to school. You're teaching her at age eight that she doesn't have to, you know, follow the rules. And again, I just had to really come back to honoring her own heart. And that was what I was preaching. That is what I believe. And so I had to listen to that with her. So over the course of you know, a few months and letting her kind of dictate um, what she wanted to learn, and me being able to just support her because I'm not a, a teacher, nor did I want to be like a homeschool teacher for her and give her a packet of of worksheets, man, of math sheets that you know what what she was trying to get away from. I knew that we had to just you know loosen the reins and see where it went, and to my you know, kind of amazement, she dug in to really trying to understand why people didn't have clean water. She studied the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and Eleanor Roosevelt, and just kind of found her way, and it continues to unfold. she She actually went with me this past year to the UN and spoke um, on the issues of of clean water. And inspiring women to um, get involved with it. So it, it's been rewarding for her. I think she's learned so much more than being in school. And again, it's about honoring her journey and her own heart. It's not the same as, as perhaps everybody else. And I'm not saying it's better or worse, but you know, if I if I am teaching her that she has to honor herself, I have to honor her in that way, too. And I can't worry too much about the future of, you know, people say, well, how is she going to get into a good high school or get into college or all of those things? I just think stay in the now moment. Is she happy and thriving and learning? Yes. Um, has it opened up? You know, perhaps more freedom for my own mind and what's possible and what life is meant to be, as opposed to just school. You know, university, get married, get a job, have a family. It suddenly opens up. Hmm. This is this is a journey, and we each one of us have come in um, with with perhaps, you know, a, a different journey than, than the next person or different lessons to learn. And so we shouldn't be trying to make everybody do the exact same thing. <sighs> There's so
3: much in this. And, of course, you were talking earlier about listening, and you were listening both, at least this is what I'm hearing, you were listening both to your own heart and your own principles and also to your daughter. And as I'm listening to your, you talk about this, I'm thinking how similar it is, to what, I don't know whether you've ever heard of A.S. Neal, who wrote a book called Summerhill, but this sounds so much like the way he uh, um, operated a school he ran in England where he pretty much allowed the children to find their own passions. I am wondering, though, and we may not have time to deal with this, Before the break, (laughs) we don't have enough time to talk about lots of things here. But I am wondering, how did you deal with the school authorities? I mean, didn't they come after you to drag your daughter back into the school system?
4: There was a a very simple form that I filled out. And and to date, I have not had anybody, um, you know, contact me. So it has not been an issue. Um, We have looked into, uh, there's kind of some alternative schooling places, and we've looked into them, her and I. I mean, just just last week we did, and it was about they would give you money perhaps to take some classes and do other things, but they were going to require you that you had to do the California state testing and meet with the counselor, and my daughter very adamantly said, that was the whole reason why I left school, was so that I didn't have to <laughs> do those kinds of things. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. So to, to date, you know, it was a simple form, and I haven't had anybody contact me. I think it's becoming more and more that that alternative schooling um is being offered because it's such an the school system is such an antiquated you know and, way of and, educating and and again i'm going to have to break
3: here uh just a fascinating discussion erin i'm dr janet smith warfield you're listening to dancing with words dancing with wisdom on bbm global network and tune in radio
6: do you battle with weight loss There is a solution. Founder of Weight No More Consulting, Deborah Simons, can help you lose weight safely and effectively through weight loss surgery. I know, I had the surgery two years ago, and I am 135 pounds lighter and medication free. This full service weight loss center caters to your every need as you navigate to a healthy weight following surgery. Servicing all of Canada, Weight No More Consulting takes pride in its compassionate care and guides you through each step before and after surgery. Starting with informational meetings, Weight No More Consulting educates each potential client before they decide to have surgery on the health risks of obesity and the various weight loss surgeries available. After surgery, Weight No More Consulting provides a solid support system with ongoing meetings to ensure continued success. Deborah Simons and Weight No More Consulting are committed to promoting your health and wellness through maintaining a healthy weight for life.
5: Wikiwags brings harmony back into your home for male dogs and their owners. Inventor and entrepreneur Linda Jangula has created the disposable doggy diaper wraps made with the male dog in mind. The built-in wicking ability prevents rashing and other potential health issues for your dog. Each wrap comes in four sizes and has dual reattachable magic tabs for easy adjustments. And each size has a seven-inch logo strip for adjustability so they are comfortable and easy to use. No more fuss, just leave the mess to us. Whether you're in or out, your dog will be free to run about. Stop cleaning and start enjoying your home, and you can even leave your dog alone. To order your WikiWags, visit WikiWags.com, or to find out where to buy WikiWags in your town, visit MyWikiWags.com, and start enjoying having man's best friend around.
3: I'm Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield with my guest, Erin Toppenberg. You're listening to Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on UBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And we have just a little time left here, Erin. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about
4: Nam Yoga? I'd love to. So Nam Yoga is, is a very vast practice that combines Yoga, a certain type of yoga um, that people are familiar with, kind of asanas, postures, but it also uses a lot of breath work and mudras. But combined with the practice, is also this this nam, this sound vibration and chanting of of mantra, and with the training, you you. You take on um, understanding Kabbalistic principles as well, so it's understanding kind of the microcosm and macrocosm. So for me, it's been an incredible gift of just the physical practice of it, but also understanding kind of the spiritual realms and how our bodies fit into that. So it's spelled N A A M, and I would you know encourage anybody who. Um, is is a seeker like me to to look into it because it's such a complete practice for mind, body, spirit, and for your soul. It really helps to awaken the soul. And again, understanding, you know, what do I want to create and knowing how your words and your thoughts and your, you know, your attitude can create a beautiful, beautiful life that uplifts yourself and others. Well, thank you
3: very much, Erin. And and this has been a wonderful discussion. We could have we could have explored for three more hours on this. I have no doubt at all. Uh, next week, I invite you to join us when I my guest is another yoga master, but his um. His yoga is kutalini yoga, so it'll be a little different. Plus, his story is totally different. So please join us. I'm Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield. You're listening to Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on BBM Global Network, and tune In Radio.
2: This has been Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom with your host, Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield. Listen each week as Dr. Janet uses words in atypical ways to shift you into experiences beyond words and transforming turmoil into inner peace. Here on Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom.